0: Welcome to Turning the Page, Lexington Public Library's podcast where we discuss library happenings, take a behind the scenes look at different parts of the library, and of course, book recommendations and author interviews. I'm your host, Jennifer. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Turning the Page. Today we're talking all about anticipated beach read.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) I will share that Some of this list is from Goodreads. They do have an Anticipated Beach Reads. If you do a little searching, you can find their list. It's a really great list. But also check out a really great list from Publishers Weekly for their Summer Reads 2022, which is a very good list as well. First two I'm going to talk about are fiction. And the first one is by Sloan Crosby. And if you read one of her essays called "I Was Told There Would Be Cake," she now has a book of fiction that's coming out, which sounds really fascinating. And I'm going to give you a little information about that, which is it's a called "Cult Classic," which is supposed to be weird fun. It's basically a thriller featuring a New York City heroine who may or may not be a target of a very contemporary, oddly romantic cult, which sounds kind of interesting. So um, I love cult. (laughs) Hey, I'm interested. And the other one is someone who I think a lot of our listeners probably has read or knows about, which is Aline Hennerbrand, who is the queen of Nantucket fiction. So she has a new summer book called The Hotel Nantucket. Which is an intriguing story of a derelict hotel and a team of locals who try to restore it to its glory.
2: That's
1: awesome. And she's just kind of a perennial beach read.
0: Oh my goodness, yes. Author.
1: Two more fiction that we are excited about are Acts of Violet by Margarita Montemore. This innovative mystery from Margarita Montemore, author of Una Out of Order, centers on world-famous magician Violet Volk and her permanent disappearing act. 10 years ago, Violet vanished in the midst of her last public performance. Now her sister Sasha is trying to solve the mystery. Ooh. But why is Sasha suddenly sleepwalking every night? Ooh. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Many Daughters of Afong Moy by Jamie Ford. Winner of this summer's unofficial Best Story Idea premise, Jamie Ford's foray into historical fiction slash magical realism introduces poet Dorothy Moy, who's concerned that her crippling depression will be passed to her daughter. Through an experimental treatment, Dorothy connects with past generations of women in her Chinese family, including a World War II nurse, a little girl in San Francisco, and the first Chinese woman to set foot in America. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That sounds fascinating. It really (laughs) does. It really does. It makes me wonder what that experimental treatment is.
0: One of my favorite books that I read a couple summers ago was in the Dark Dark Wood by Ruth Ware. And Ruth Ware is back with a new book called The It Girl. This is going to be a book that's supposedly written in the style of Agatha Christie, Josephine Tay, and Dorothy L. Sayers her new whodunit be- begins in the Tony Irons of Oxford University where a vivacious young student April Cloutis Cliveden is murdered. Ten years later her friend Hannah Jones discovers that the convicted killer may or may not have been innocent all along.
2: Ooh. Sounds really good.
0: This comes out in July. Maybe awesome. yeah so I'm not going to say the date because you never know.
1: I feel like mysteries are best in summer.
0: I, I love mysteries.
1: I don't know why that is. I think most people like would prefer a mystery on like a rainy day or something but for me i always think of them on a trip for you Mm -hmm. know something to keep you really engaged as you're traveling so i've always considered mysteries to be a really good summer
0: i don't believe i've ever gone to the beach without a mystery yeah because that would just be terrible yes (laughs) that's that's my personal opinion
1: we've got More Than You'll Ever Know by Katie Gutierrez. One of the summer's buzziest debut novels, More Than You'll Ever Know, toggles between two timelines and stories. In the first story, set in the 1980s, international banker Dolores Riviera leads a double life with families in Texas and Mexico. In the second story, a true crime writer in 2017 investigates the murder of Riviera's Husband by her other husband, Ooh. which just <laughs> sounds so compelling. I'm so excited about that one.
0: It sounds good.
1: Uh, it sounds like if you're really into, you know, some of the series, podcasts, the true crime podcasts, any oh, of the, yeah. you know, documentaries that have been on Netflix, it sounds like it'll be yeah, right he- up your alley.
0: Oh, yeah, because you always like think- well, who did it? Or then you'll think, oh, there was another
1: husband? Like, yes. Ooh. Oh, so the one <laughs> the one husband may have found out about the other. So ooh. we'll see. The other mystery that we are looking forward to is called The House Across the Lake, and it's by Riley Sager. Superstar pseudonym Riley Sager, author of Final Girls, is back with another twisty thriller, this time concerning a widowed actress, a pair of binoculars, and a dangerous obsession. Casey Fletcher has been drinking and spying on the perfect couple in the house across the lake. It's amazing. (laughs) When one of them disappears, Casey learns the dangers of drunken voyeurism. The hard way. (laughs) (laughs) That actually sounds pretty fun. It sounds amazing. Because I love novels like that, where someone is across the way, they have seen something, they're not sure what they've seen. They are not the most reliable narrator, so those are... Some of the best mysteries, in my opinion.
0: Sounds like we're finding some really good stuff.
1: Yes. These lists are looking really good for the summer.
0: So, our next one is a sci-fi. It's titled The Daughter of Dr. Moreau, and it's by Sylvia Morano Garcia. And H. G. E. Wells' 1896 classic, The Island of Dr. Moreau, gets a wicked reimagining in this latest scary story from the author of Mexican Gothic, in 19th century Mexico, Carlotta Moreau lives on a remote estate with her mad scientist father and a menagerie of human and animal hybrids. When a dashing young man enters the frame, all hell breaks loose. Caught a historical romance horror that sounds so good. <laughs> Plus, if you ever go back and you like to watch old classic movies, you always find that particular story in movie form that is so. It's a really bizarre story. Yeah. So if you ever get a chance to watch one of those movies, oh my gosh, you'll be like, what the heck?
1: Yeah, this one just seems like it's going to be just so cool. Yeah, I love it. So a memoir that's coming out that we are looking forward to is The Man Who Could Move Clouds, a memoir by Ingrid Rojas Contreras. A unique kind of memoir, The Man Who Could Move Clouds is a journey into family history and real magic from award-winning author Ingrid Rojas Contreras, author of The Fruit of the Drunken Tree. Born into a lineage of Colombian fortune tellers and healers, Contreras' life takes an odd turn when a head injury prompts a bout of amnesia. Oh, wow. In the foggy aftermath, Contreras investigates her family's magical heritage. So, oh, that
0: sounds fascinating. Yeah. Well, also you think about how many, if you listen to True Crime, i going back to True Crime <laughs> podcast. <laughs> if you go back to that, there's always stories where they find someone and they don't know who they are. They're in the hospital. And then the police are left trying to like, who is this person trying exactly. to figure it out? They're exactly. like, you know, so it just makes me think of that.
1: Yeah. Cause you, you think about, you know, how many disappearances could be someone has f- completely forgotten who they are. Oh yeah. And so they've made this whole new yeah. life. So, so yeah,
0: stranger things are ha- stranger, stranger than fiction sometimes. Yes,
1: <laughs> Fascinating.
0: So two young adult books that we're really excited about. The first one is by Gina Chen, and it's titled Violet Made of Thorns. The usual palace intrigue goes insanely high stakes when a morally ambitious court prophet awakens a sinister curse that could wipe out the entire kingdom. Gina Chen's fantasy debut, the first of a proposed duology, explores the intriguing idea of what happens when the kingdom's official mystic procrastinator has trouble telling the truth. And the second is actually another installment of a very popular series by Jennifer Lynn Barnes, called The Final Gambit. This is the third installment of the Inheritance Game series. Mystery specialist Jennifer Lynn Barnes returns readers to the Labyrinthine Hawthorne House, where every room poses a new puzzle, riddle, or conundrum. Teenager Avery Grams stands to inherit millions if she can figure it all out. But a new stranger has arrived in the mansion, and all the rules have changed. No fair. Oh. I read the first one, and I really liked it. Um, cool. And it's really funny. I was actually in some store. I don't remember where it was. And I watched this girl. She was like maybe pre teenage, following behind her two younger siblings and the mom. And she actually had the second book as she was reading behind the mom. And her mom was telling her to put it down, but she was actually just reading as she was walking. I love that. And I was like, oh. That's a girl after my own heart. Yes. That would have been me in the grocery store or whatever. Yeah. So
1: shout out to her wherever she is. Wherever you are. The new book's coming out. We adore you. (laughs) The third one's coming out. The third one's coming out. I'm sure you know. Find out. (laughs) So we've got a romance Ooh, okay. Um, This one is actually a sequel to one that came out in 2020. Boyfriend Material is the original. So this one is called Husband Material by Alexis Hall. We moved up. (laughs) Yes. The review says the title of the sequel was sort of inevitable. So returning readers will find uh, Luke and Oliver still together after all that business. Whatever that business business was. was. We're not spoiling. (laughs) Read the first one too. (laughs) Yes. And now looking at the next step in their relationship. Author Alexis Hall summons the dilemma familiar to so many couples. All our friends are getting married. What do we do next? So it's promises to be a really cute little romantic sequel, which is neat to have a romance with an established relationship. A lot of times it's the getting together story. It's, more rare to find the romance where they're already together That's and a really good out point. where they're going to go. So I love that there's a sequel.
0: Yes, because I think most people read romances just, like you said, for the beginning. Yeah. For the fun parts. Not how, the, yes. Not the middle
1: parts. How they get together, <laughs> not how they stay together, which yeah. I think is, is a really interesting take there. And so we'll wrap it up with our anticipated horror novel called Just Like Home by Sarah Gailey. Homecoming can be very dark when your father is a serial killer. Vera's mother calls her back to the family home, a place full of secrets and a new tenant who seems focused on using her childhood for artistic inspiration. This new novel from genre-defying Sarah Gailey, Magic for Liars and the Echo Wife, is being described as spine-tingling, intense, and claustrophobic. Yikes. (laughs) That sounds scary. Yes.
0: (laughs) Sounds interesting. I believe that all our books... That we have mentioned if you want more reviews more books from the goodreads list go to their
1: website there's a really great list of books all of these titles come out june july and august so if you check any of them out please let us know what you think thanks everyone hi everyone i'm erin the producer for turning the page welcome to our segment called behind the scenes each month, I'll take a step out from behind the scenes to introduce you to someone else at the library whose work is also typically out of the public eye. Today, I'll be talking to Doug Tattersall, Community Arts Coordinator, about the gallery spaces at the library. Thank you, Doug, for joining us for yeah. Behind the Scenes. So tell us a little bit about the history of the gallery space here at Central.
3: Okay. The Central Library Gallery has been here since 1989 when the Central Library opened. So it was a part of the plan for the new library. It was sort of an exciting time, I think, moving from the Gratz Park location, which if anybody's familiar with that building, I believe the total floor space in that building equals w- about one floor in the central library. Oh, wow. So it was a big change for, for Lexington. So they, inc- they they included a gallery and a theater from the very start.
1: Nice. So how can people come to the gallery?
3: Well, the gallery is open whenever the library is open. So and it's right there on the first floor windows looking out on Main Street. So it's a high profile spot. But it is a spot that people walk right by sometimes. I, I remember a story of uh, someone who was actually working at the library and she she'd been here a couple months. And finally, she said, I see you going in and out of that room all the time. What is it? I said, well, it's a gallery, and I was just shocked, and it made me realize that just because you're on the first floor, uh, you have to remind people and point it out to people so they don't just walk by. One of the challenges of just the arts program in general for the library is that we're trying to provide cultural opportunities in a place where people are in the building for a totally different purpose. So we're trying to grab attention. That's a part of what we have to do.
1: What other branches have gallery spaces?
3: Right now, the East Side Branch has a gallery. It's a 30 foot wall that's the hallway basically that runs from the main entrance into the children's department, teen department, and meeting room space. So uh, it's right there, kind of front and center, but, uh, and, you know, it gets actually a little more traffic just because it is out in the open. Yeah.
1: Do the pieces that are shown in the different spaces have different requirements?
3: There are two really different spaces. The Central Library Gallery is a dedicated gallery. It's about 1,500 square feet. And actually because of that, um, I'm trying to focus on three-dimensional art as much as possible in that space. There's not a lot of space, just generally community-wide, there's not a lot of space for three-dimensional art. The artists that have come into the gallery have really said, wow thank you for focusing on 3d art because there really are, are limited opportunities whereas the east side uh, gallery is really a wall you know we can't really branch out so it's actually very different it's totally different exhibits they aren't traveling from one location to the other because they are so different
1: yeah are you hoping to get gallery spaces and more branches
3: I am hoping to get gallery spaces <laughs> and more spaces <laughs> right. my my goal ultimately is to have some sort of gallery in every location I believe the new village branch will have gallery space and I should also mention because uh, right, and it was out of my mind, sort of, because um, right before COVID, the Tates Creek Photography Club had an interest in exhibiting on an ongoing basis their photography. So we'd actually had it and planned and in mind, and then actually it it is has been realized. So there is an exhibit space now in Tates Creek as well. Wonderful, and it's. It's always, it's managed more or less by the Tate's Creek Photography Club, which meets at the Tate's Creek branch. It has for years. So it's kind of been nice to make that connection with the physical space that they're meeting in and also the the work that they're doing.
1: That's great. How do you arrange for the exhibits in the gallery?
3: I try to work on a year to year basis. So for example, this summer, I'll start thinking about 2023 and try to schedule it out much as possible for both of those galleries for the entire year and and one of the nice things is that um, in the course of kind of looking at spaces ultimately we want to be an art space not just in our, our formal spaces not just in our galleries not just in our theater so for example we had the jazz series At four of our branches in April for Jazz Appreciation Month, which was sort of an extension of the theater not being available at the time. It sort of got us to think about other spaces. But what I've kind of learned as I look around is that there are other places to exhibit. So some things I don't try to schedule those, and the nice thing about that is you have that combination of planned space and you really need it to be planned to have the best, I think, possible exhibits, but also a spontaneous space. So when opportunities do come up, Last minute, you can still find a place for them.
1: I'm great. Well, since this is a library podcast, we have to ask, what are you reading?
3: What am I reading? I just started the um, Snowden book, Permanent Record. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of chilling. I've just started it, so uh, I'm. It's it's fun as well as chilling because he talks a lot about growing up. Right now, I'm right at the uh, beginning of it. He talks about. Growing up in the 90s and, you know, being born in the 80s, no internet really for public consumption and into that transition of becoming a gamer and an internet nerd and, and how that happened in those, the early, you know, the first decade really of the internet. So that's an interesting part just from a historical right. standpoint. In the prologue, he's already, you know, you know where the story's going. So it has this chilling part about privacy and, yeah. and, and so the surveillance culture we live in right now.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Doug, for coming on.
3: Yeah, gl- really thanks great for having me. great to talk me. to you. Yeah, great. <laughs> thanks. You're welcome.
2: Hi, this is Ashley Sippel-McGraw, manager of the East Side Branch. And I'm going to tell you about July 2022 summer events at Lexington Public Library. For a full list of summer programming, visit lexpublib.org forward slash summer. And some programs may require registration. On July 5th and 6th, the Shark Tank Science Show will be happening. Please check the online calendar for specific branch details. On July 6th at 4 p.m. will be the Make and Sell Printables Online for Adults at the Village Branch. On July 7th at 2 p.m., there's the Spy Trading Academy for Kindergarten through 5th grade at Eastside. At 3 p.m., The Spaghetti and Marshmallow Towers for ages 6 through 12 at the Takes Creek Branch. At 6 p.m., The Mystery Community, a book club for adults at Northside. On July 9th at 10 a.m., The Second Saturday Gaming for all ages at the Beaumont Branch. On July 11th, 13th, and 15th is the Get Creative On The Move Art Studio for ages 3 to 11, Please check the online calendar for specific branch details. On July 11th, 11 a.m., the Teddy Bear Picnic, ages two to five at Beaumont. On July 12th at 2 p.m., the Preschoolers Explore Construction will be at the East Side Branch. On July 13th, all day, will be Building Dreams, the History of Lexington Public Library Buildings at Central. At one o'clock p.m., Will be the community crafters weaving workshop for adults and seniors at Eastside, at 5:30 p.m. Growing microgreens at Village, on July 16th at 1 p.m. will be the World Cafe for adults at Northside, at 2 o'clock p.m. Crafter Noon for adults and seniors at Beaumont, on July 18th at 2 p.m. Decorate a horse, ages 5 through 12, at Central. On july nineteenth at two PM Active Art Studio K through fifth grade at East Side. At two o'clock PM Outdoor Art Play Ages six to twelve at the Northside Branch. At two o'clock PM Switch It Up for Middle School and High School at the Taste Creek Branch. On july twentieth at two thirty PM Virtual Vacation for Ages six through twelve at the Beaumont Branch. On July 21st at 10 a.m., Create a Comic for ages 6 through 12 at the Village Branch. 11 a.m., Let's Move Toddler and Preschool Dance Party at Tate's Creek. At 3.30 p.m., Pendulum Paint at the Village location. At 5.30 p.m., Alzheimer's Awareness Series for Adults and Seniors at the Tate's Creek Branch. On July 23rd at 11 a.m. is the Steam Camp Showcase at Central. On July 25th and 26th will be the Animology with Bob Tarter. Please check the online calendar for branch specific details. On July 26th at 2 o'clock p.m., Classic Films Rebecca for adults and seniors at the Beaumont branch. And on July 27th, 28th, and 29th is the Ice-Tastic Snow Cone Truck Visit for ages 12 and under. Please check the online calendar for branch specific details. On July 28th at one o'clock p.m. is Community Crafters We Love Crochet for adults and seniors at Eastside. And on July 29th at 11 a.m., Preschoolers Explore Fort Building at Central.
0: Thanks for listening to Turning the Page, a podcast brought to you by Lexington Public Library staff. If you've enjoyed listening, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcasts, you can email us at elibrarian at luxpublive.org. That's librarian at L E X P U B lib.org I'm Jennifer and we'll be back to turn another page